Hi, welcome to the New Rules Podcast. I am your host, Ruth Cooper-Dixon, and I'm a positive psychology practitioner. New Rules is about how leaders, entrepreneurs, and businesses must change, break, and rewrite the rules to innovate in our ever-changing and complex world. Each episode, I'll be joined by a guest who is a leader and respected expert in their own industry to talk about their experiences through the lens of a positive psychology theme. I am fascinated as to how these topics are interwoven in the fabric of their journey. And of course, I get them to dig deep and share with you the good, the bad and the ugly. Hello, welcome back to New Rules. My name is Ruth Cooper Dixon and I am joined today by the wonderful Joe Wimblegroves, who's also, I'm proud to say, a friend of mine now after the past year of, of getting to know each other. Joe, hello. Hi Ruth, how are you? I'm good, I'm good for a Monday, a Monday afternoon as we're recording this, right? So let me just intro Joe. She's a multi-award winning tech entrepreneur and co-owner of Active Digital, which she runs with her brother for over two decades. You don't look old enough, Joe. As a STEM ambassador, Joe shares her experiences as a keynote speaker for schools and universities. She uses her voice to build self-esteem and confidence in our next generation of young entrepreneurs, which is so, so important. Not only that, she is a busy mother of three and the creator of the Guilty Mother blog, which you do need to check out. All the details are in the podcast notes below and Joe's parenting and lifestyle blog is enjoyed and followed by a loyal online following of some 50,000 hanging on to your every word are they (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure they are I know that I have been Um, a keen writer a supporter of building strong confident girls and I'm delighted to hear that Joe's first book is going to be published in late 2021 but I also kind of knew that because I may or may not feature in that book which I'm very excited about. So thanks, Joe. Thanks, thanks for, coming for having in. me. You're welcome. I'm really, really pleased that, that you're here and we can chat. And when I was putting together new rules, I really wanted to talk about what it meant to be authentic. And for me, that's something that I've struggled with at times, that I know other people have struggled with. It's a word we use a lot. It's become a bit of a buzzword, especially in the world of business, you know, being your authentic self or showing up as your authentic self. So when I wanted to talk about this and I was kind of thinking who would be a great person to talk about this subject, you immediately sprung to mind because of all the work that you do and um, how you are as an individual and how I've got to know you. And yeah, so... That is what we're going to be chatting about today. So I'm going to dive straight in with a big question. What does it mean to be authentic for you? Being authentic, I think, like you said, we've all struggled a lot with trying to understand and navigate our own sense of self. I definitely struggled that when I was younger, and it's taken me a long time to figure out who I am and what I stand for. So being authentic, I think, is turning up, whether you're at home or whether you're at work, is just bringing your whole self to that place. Because we're so influenced, not just in the 20th century, but, you know, when we were younger, we were so influenced by others. And it makes it really difficult to think about who we are, who we really are. So I would just, you know, really think about being authentic is just showing up and not being afraid to show your whole self. Because there's lots of bits of us sometimes that we try to hide and we don't know why we try to do that. Sometimes Mm. it's a protective thing. Um, But actually, it's okay to be vulnerable 
and to show our emotions. You know, in the 80s sort of childhood, it was, you know, kids are, are seen but not heard and, and, you know, boys don't cry and all these sort of generations of growing up where we're told to hide so much. But as we'll go deeper into this conversation, especially in the workplace, that means that then people within our teams won't bring their emotional or vulnerable or whole selves to work mm. because they're afraid to do that and that impacts performance. I was chatting to our mutual friend David McQueen on another episode about forgiveness and that linked into so many topics and that whole part of boundaries and understanding what your boundaries are is so is so integral to authenticity because I think as well when we think about authenticity and I did a uh, a talk as part of Fora's Restore Week on authenticity in the wellness industry. And it doesn't mean you have to always be giving all that information. It doesn't mean you need to be sharing absolutely everything with everybody all of the time. And I think there is that misconception in workplaces where people think, oh, to be authentic, I've got to tell everybody about an argument I had at the weekend or I've got to tell everybody about my my beliefs on X, Y and Z, which doesn't have to be the case, but it's also about knowing those boundaries and why they're there and what your framework is. And they are big parts of being our authentic self and showing up as our authentic self. Definitely. I think it's just about taking the facade off a little bit. And, you know, sometimes when we go to work, especially we, you know, you think, one of my friends always jokes from years ago, she used to ring up the office and she'd say, oh, you've got your work voice on. Now, I, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I've got a home voice and a work voice, or if I do, it's really unintentional. I don't mean to have two voices, but she'd always take the mickey at me for having my work voice on. Now, that was a good few years ago, so maybe that meant that I was being a slightly different person at work because I felt like I needed to be, whereas now I, I like to think that I have just one voice and one tone and what you see at, at work is is the authentic Joe. And even during these times that we've had over this summer, we've had so many glimpses into people's lives yeah. to feel that actually people... Not, I don't just mean about people that have got children or got stuff going on, but actually people just having to be more authentic because it's been too difficult for them to hide it. Yeah, I was. that was going to be my next question, actually, is asking, do you think it's changed a lot in 2020 because of what we've experienced and continue to experience with the global pandemic and also other societal shifts we've seen you know, things like Brexit, politics in the, the US, the real movement and, and push for, you know, Black Lives Matter, lots of different social causes, uh, climate change, people are being much more vocal about all these different elements around our own values and beliefs and external changes that have created perhaps space for us to lose the facade almost and to talk about what's important do you think yeah I, I do I think these these times that we've had have allowed people to have their voices heard a bit more because being authentic is also about being a bit more vulnerable and yeah people want to make a statement or want to make a stand without being afraid because people are always afraid of saying something wrong doing yeah. something wrong whether online or offline but I think people have become a little bit more open to saying, I feel quite strongly about that. And again, when you think about being authentic, it's beliefs and values that are very personal to you. So can it be right or wrong if it's personal to you? 
because it's what you think mm. and it's what you feel. And are we being a little bit more accepting these days of allowing people to express themselves without judging? Mm. And, and that's a big part of it, isn't it? If you are showing up as your authentic self, it's also twofold. One is almost not... I won't say not worrying about what other people think, but also you can't influence or control what other people think about you to that extent of that, you know, people have a perception of you, what, you know, that's their perception, that's their opinion. So almost being able to put that to one side and also for other people, including yourself, to be non-judgmental when you're looking at other people you know if somebody is showing up as their authentic self it's almost having to take that pause to think well why do, why does joe believe this about that or why is she acting really upset about x or you know so it's it's almost having to perhaps be more compassionate and to think a little bit more about our own responses to others and when we talk about authenticity in the past, especially within academic research in the early stages around authentic leadership and being an authentic leader, there was a almost backlash of people, researchers saying, well, it's not about you can just show up and say what the hell you like to people and without any recompense of like your actions or any you know the consequences or not having it's not about not having dignity and respect. I can be authentic and say what I think, you know, without take into consideration how that might hurt you or how that might make you feel so it's not it's not about that it's more about thinking well this is this is what I believe in this is what I think is right or in the workplace this is what I expect but it's communicating that in a way that creates a conversation because that's also part of it authentic authentic spaces it requires disagreement it requires you to turn around to me and say well, Ruth, you might be the boss, but have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Or we could do this a different way. Or actually, I don't know if that's a great idea based on this research, you know. Definitely. I think as human beings, we thrive on connection. And one of the things that I found at work, a couple of years ago, I would like take the team downstairs for a team meeting. And I'll give you an example where... Um, I asked them to sort of write up a blog. They could write it about anything that they wanted, but it was going to be on the website. And I just really wanted them to bring their creativity to that session. And I asked one of them to put their hands up if they had any ideas and nobody wanted to share. And I was really surprised because it was such an open topic that they could write about anything to do with technology they wanted, but nobody was willing to put themselves forward because they were so fearful of it, you know, not being good enough or mm. not being right or maybe being judged by somebody else. And I just thought that was really interesting because, you know, maybe I needed to show more examples of ones that I've done that were successful or not so successful and just being really honest with them all the time so that they would open up more to me. And I'm hoping that over the years that has really started to change where they feel that they can talk and share openly without worrying about it all the time. Is mm. I don't know if, you know, that's something that you've found, but when you say about people being emotional and showing a bit of vulnerability that is really important but equally as you say we are emotional creatures and you don't want to go around just saying everything that you feel because then you could fear upsetting somebody as well yeah. but you know not agreeing with something is is important because that is part of having a conversation 
but also it is about thinking about your beliefs and your values, like you said, and, and mm. trying to stay true to them rather than being guided off by something that you don't agree with. Yeah, and you you learn from... I, I found that I've learned as a business owner, which has been very different probably to working in a corporate setting. So in a corporate setting, you still have that... I guess, wider organisational support, you're still part of a bigger picture, whereas when it's your business, there's so much more emotional context as part of that anyway, isn't there? And definitely this year, I'm sure absolutely everybody who runs a business, who owns a business, has had to have really, hopefully had really open and honest conversations with their teams and staff about the current situation and in the early days of uh, where we when we kind of knew that lockdown was imminent sort of end of February time because we were seeing other clients be affected and to have some really open conversations with the team. And I had to be, there was a, a balance between that emotion of I was so worried about them and also me, but also the livelihood of the business and also trying not to, panic but also to relay the information as honestly and transparent as I could and I found that really hard it was a real learning curve for me having I haven't been in that position as everyone probably everyone hasn't you know because it was so new to all of us and so un- unknown and uncertain for everybody as still is so I definitely learned lots about myself this year as a leader about being that authentic individual and being an authentic leader which actually as I've had other conversations with other guests on different topics but it always seems to come back to similar ideas of around you know often you don't know the answer and often you're finding your own way which is part of being authentic right because you might get it wrong (laughs) you know being authentic in leadership is absolutely critical because the team need to see that and actually when we try to do all smoke and mirrors and pretend that you know we're just hard 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 all the time and you know punish them when they do something wrong and it's just not good leadership you know good leadership is where we we want to grow we want the team to grow and we want them to grow as individuals and that's how we you know make the business better but equally you know we've got we've got to be honest when when we've had this summer I was really proud of my brother actually because he really showed quite a lot of vulnerability when he did you know some team talks which he probably recorded a bit like this and then sort of played them out and said guys it's been really really tough and I don't have all the answers Mm. you know we're in technology and and we have been that's been a savior in some respect because we sell something that everybody needs and everyone really heavily relied on you know over the summer and continues to but yeah I think we have to show up and say that we don't have all the answers but the more that we talk it through we talk it through with each individual on what we need to do to get stronger to get better to get through these challenging times you know we have to have that sense of of unity mm. but i thought it was really important that he said you know i don't i don't know how this is all going to work yeah. and we've given up our lease on our office and this is what we're going to do and it's a bit scary and and this is you know it's okay but we're going to we're going to get through this together um, because for me, I had a four week old baby when we went into lockdown. So I was, I was, you know, very emotional anyway. So sort of my brother sort of took the art, you know, took the reins a little bit and sort mm. of said, look, we can't work in a shared office like this at the moment. We need to, we need to look at something else. And, you know, that felt like quite a scary decision, but it was the right decision. Yeah. 
But yes, I was quite emotional at the time. But, you know, being able to 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 come together and look at each person as an individual and what their situation was, I think was really, really important. And yeah, we're really starting to, to come out of the other side of that mm. and, and, and do well. But yeah, I think we've had to really show that it's okay not to know all the answers, even when you're supposed to be a leader, you're supposed to know it all. But, you know, nobody does. Nobody knows it all. I think that was something, it's really interesting to think about how imposter phenomenon links into this as well about, you know, having all the answers. And we, you know, no, if we're honest, like no one has all the answers. And that's one thing. I think I learned this really early on. I was having this conversation the other day, other day with somebody and I, I really learned early on in my career, which... I now see as a complete blessing when I was in my very early 20s working in aerospace and a business manager took me to one side and I know where I had this conversation. I can remember this individual. I remember his name. We're talking like several de- several decades now. But he said to me, Ruth, you know, most of the time 80% is good enough because of how you are as an individual. 80% is just like top. Don't Don't worry about everything else. You're not going to know all the answers. And you won't always be able to give like a full answer for everything, but you'll find the answer out. And all of these, and we had this conversation and I think that really resonated with me. So I actually was really great. And at the time, I think he came across as being quite hard and I was sort of, but it must have shocked me enough because I always learned that, that, and I took that with me, which was some people have go through their whole careers with that whole, oh, you know, perfectionism and it's got to be 110%. And actually I've just been... A lot of it is based on my own knowledge and wisdom and exper- expertise and the experience. And I've just gone, well, there's always a bit that I'm never going to know all the answers to. Right? You know, the best ad- one of the one of the best pieces of advice that somebody gave me, because bearing in mind that I left school at 16, didn't go to college or university, nor did my brother. So we're sort of self self-taught, which is why we've probably made plenty of mistakes along the way. And we probably need to share them more. But one of the best pieces of advice I got given is, you know, people do business with people that they like. Mm. And it's so the more that I am just Joe and myself, yes, you know, the commercials need to be good and this needs to be good. But that that's 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 all fine. But actually, as soon as you walk into a room and you meet that person and you have that human connection and I'm my authentic self and I'm, you know, talking about this business that we've built, that we love, a team that is brilliant, that will support them. I go in there feeling confident that we can win that contract because you know, I I want I want him to know that I'm just being really open, really upfront. We're a family business, and I'm being my authentic self, turning up to that meeting, and I'm not selling him a pipe dream. I'm selling him something that mm. we're really passionate about, that he can almost see and touch, and that that's how we win business. We are going to step out to have a mindful moment to reflect on our conversation so far. We are recording this at Fora a tailored workspace that provides its residents with the freedom to choose where and how they work best, understanding that happy, healthy people deliver their best work. Whilst we are here, we'll be sipping on Naughty, Thompson & Scott's alcohol-free, organic, vegan, sparkling Chardonnay, creating a more inclusive and mindful experience to having fun and celebrating our workplace success. When you're... I think when you are showing up as your authentic self and and I know this year has been much tougher around being on camera and having meetings on camera but I remember when I met you last year here at the Fora which was a different uh, one of the other Fora spaces we're at Soho today 
back when we were on a panel for International Women's Day um, organised by Danielle at F Equals and I remember seeing you sat down and you just have a lovely energy and I was like hi I'm Ruth you know I just wanted to come and chat to you and we had the lovely panel with with Amy and Porna as well but it was just oh you know Joe, she's I could just relate to you and I think that that's that whole connection isn't it it's that piece of knowing oh there's a there's a synergy there there's a link there's something almost like that golden thread that ties people together that is that human connection you just you just came over and I thought she's somebody that I want to get to know she's someone that I want to talk to more after this panel talk and Mm. I'm going to stay in touch with and yeah you meet some people in life that are just that are just like that and I think that's really important and you shared openly on that panel about your struggles with mental health and what you're doing now and how you've changed that full circle and I just think it was amazing and even before I heard you talk we already knew that there was a connection yeah but the interesting thing when you were talking about imposter phenomenon yeah is where I'd come from before we went to do that panel talk I'd had such a busy day I'd had a couple of meetings in the morning you're going to name drop now I am going to name drop (laughs) But it's a good story. You can have it. You have it. Go on. So the reason why this is quite a funny story is because I had an email come through, obviously, a couple of weeks before, inviting me for a drinks reception at 10 Downing Street with the Prime Minister. So... As you do, as well, one does. Well, my husband, first of all, went, well, that is just a, that's like a spam email. So that's not <laughs> going to be genuine. Why would you be invited to 10 down Thanks Street? Thanks for the support. Great to junk. <laughs> Thanks for the support. Exactly. So why, you know, again, that opens lots of conversations. Why would you be invited to 10 Downing Street? Mm. What makes you worthy to go to 10 Downing Street? So I almost didn't believe it myself. So the best thing, to, the, way, the best way to handle that was not to tell it was to tell nobody apart from Lance, my husband. So who didn't believe? Who didn't believe me anyway? <laughs> so that was supportive. And then I think I mentioned it to my mum or dad, but my mum even said, "Why? Why are you invited?" <laughs> I was like, "This is so not helpful." So what I did was I didn't tell anybody else because it wasn't going very well. The people that I had told. So I thought, Do you know what? I'm just gonna. It's probably not real. So I'm just going to treat it like a normal day. So I'm going to put on a nice dress like I would do normally. I had two meetings in the morning and then I'll walk over in Bankman and I'll just go over to 10 Downing Street and I'm sure they'll probably just tell me that this is a farce or this is a joke and I'll just scoot off until my <laughs> evening talk. And I got to the door and they said, yeah, absolutely, in you go. So I was like, really? Are you sure? They're like, yeah, 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 come in. So I hand over my phone. I had this amazing drinks reception. Met some incredible women on International Women's Day. I had a good chat with the PM, was the first person to shake her hand. And because you hand in your phone, it was, it's, you know, there's there's no footage, is there? There's no, there's no selfies, no, nothing, none of this. So then I came out and what was interesting is, you know, there was such a lovely buzz that day. And these women that I was talking to said, oh, we came up with our parents. We had lunch at the Ivy. It's such a big occasion. You have to make a day of it. And I was thinking... <laughs> <laughs> didn't tell anybody because it didn't feel real. Yeah. It didn't feel real and I didn't even believe it myself. So, you know, you come out and they sort of shut the black gates and you can almost hear them still shaking as you as you leave those strong gates and and I you know, I just it just felt like a blur, but this is one of the things that I talk about when I go into talk to to the girls at school is, you know, these things can happen and and actually I still don't know why I was invited, but does it matter? The no. the, the important thing is that you know, I'm I'm trying to do some good work. I'm going in and talking to, to kids at school. I'm a STEM ambassador and I'm I'm trying to use my voice to help others and to, to be authentic. And 
maybe I tried to let go of that imposter syndrome a little bit, but that day I really felt it. There were some amazing women in that room and you think, I don't really know why I'm here, but I really needed to own that more. Mm. And that just shows you that those little moments can, you know, even if you're not somebody who has those feelings all of the time, but I think when something big like that happens and very much, you know, is this real? Is this for me? Is Why am I here almost? And do you know what's been really interesting is when I've been recording new rules is I've had everyone's bios and then I've been reading them out as we start each episode and you can almost sense people <laughs> checking over their shoulder as if to say um is this are you talking about me because <laughs> I'm reading off all their achievements and all these amazing things that all my guests have done in their careers today and how phenomenal everyone has been and they're just like and even you know this isn't just this is uh both both male and female it's just sort of like um is this is this are you talking about me <laughs> sometimes it's hard to believe it in yourself we're still mm. on our journeys as well and and it's amazing how strong the mind can be when you really want things to happen yeah. like you mentioned about wanting to do a podcast and having it on a vi- as a vision up on your wall and then all of a sudden we're sitting here and I love that because you know, it can happen and this is what we're trying to teach our next yeah. generation, our kids of our kids of today and tomorrow that, you know, they've got to believe in themselves. It's okay to have a bit of imposter syndrome because actually it keeps us very grounded. Yes. Maybe it was better for me to go in like that than to just go in, well, of course I'm invited because yeah. that doesn't sound authentic at all. But I'm actually thinking, wow, I feel really, really privileged. Maybe I should have taken my parents out for lunch or maybe we should have done that. But it's done now. Mm. So I can't I can't have that moment again. Unless I'm invited again. <laughs> Maybe I can have a plus one, Ruth. You know? <laughs> I'll come with you. I believe exactly. you. If you ever say to me, you've got an invite to 10 Downing Street, I'm just, I'll am just i be there. Oh. <laughs> or anywhere else. Will it ever happen again? Who knows? Buckingham but, Palace. Um, but yeah, that was a great example of having in, you know, feeling like an imposter. Aside of, of that moment, have there been other moments that have where you've not felt your authentic self? I mean, what about, I'm just going to touch on this a bit because I don't want, you know, I, 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 I'm not a parent, so I'm not a mum. I can't speak from that perspective. And I know with Guilty Mother, that is a big part of what you do. And you've shown the whole of lockdown with, you know, having little Nico four weeks into just before lockdown and just being that mum and having two other children as well that, you know, require love and support and your attention and having a business and everything else that you have going off. How How is it balancing being a mum a businesswoman, entrepreneur, and being authentic? Well, there there are some days when I think I've got it all sorted and I'm very lucky because I've got some support at home. So I have a sort of a live-in nanny three days a week. She's been with us for like 11 years. So she's a massive part of our family. Obviously, we didn't have her at sort of at the beginning of lockdown and that that was quite tough. But there are... And actually, this is a really good point to raise because there are days when I really don't feel like... I feel like I'm just... I can't do it all and actually Mm. that's okay so I spoke to my friend and said to her that I was feeling quite emotional actually because you know the business is 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 tough Uh, the business business world in general is tough right now I'm working really hard and I don't just mean you know to make it happen you know and I'm always saying that to the sales team anyway things don't fall in your lap you gotta make it happen but doing that is exhausting every day because you're just trying to trying to be 
you know, on it every yeah. day. And because it's your own business, you always really want it. Every day my brother wakes up and he always says it's like starting a business, even though it's 25 years, you know, he always says it's like day one. It day. is, isn't it? That oh. is such a truth. That is such a truth. I think, think I was talking to... I think it was David or it was definitely another another episode of New Rules and I was saying that every day, like, there's days when you just, okay, there's days when they aren't great and there's days when, or weeks, but actually it's like starting a new business every day. And it's as much as you want to make it. Yeah. So every day you're just trying so hard to just make it better. To, 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 to win a deal that I never lose the buzz of winning a deal. From when I was 16 years old, when I sold my f- first mobile phone, it just feels the same and I just love that. So where was I? I was talking about uh, parenting mm. and talking to my friend and I told her that I nearly burst into t- to tears the other day. So, you know, I've won this contract to, to write a book, which is, I mean, a dream come true. Yes. And I sort of sat there and thought, right, well, how am I going to write this around everything else that I'm trying to do and I'm going to have to be really disciplined with when I do it and also when you're writing as you know you've written a lot for for, for some of the work that you've done you've got to be in the right mindset you can't just turn it mm. on you need to be in that creative mindset where the words start to flow and the sentences start to flow and I said to her yeah I just wanted to burst into tears because I just couldn't I just couldn't really handle it today and she went Joe, I've never heard you say that before you always make it look like you've you know you've got it all together and she went, it makes me, she went, don't take this the wrong way, but I really, really love hearing you say that because you seem like you're superhuman and it makes me feel a bit rubbish. And I went, I never made, never meant to make her feel like that, but she made her feel better to know that I have days like that or mm. weeks like that, that she, that I don't, I, you know, some days I just feel like I'm dropping balls. But it's okay because they can be picked up, we'll scoop it up and I need to distribute a bit more of my work and I can move things around. Mm. So... You know, I had two girls in my team and I wasn't passing enough to them. So we had a team meeting and they went, pass some of this stuff over. Joe, stop hogging it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know, I know. So, you know, I immediately felt better. But I'm the leader, so I should be in control of that. But they, they had, I needed to be a bit vulnerable with them to say, guys, mm. I'm struggling a little bit. You know, I do have three children. I have a seven-month-old um, and I, I need a bit of help. And they, they were very willing to, to, to share the work a little bit more. Because as leaders, we can get into that sense of, oh, I need to do this and this. And, I, you know, by, by the time I sit down and explain, it'd be quicker for me to do yes, this. I'm and, terrible at doing that. So I, I'm not as bad at that. I will. I'm quite, I'm quite good at just saying, yes, you go off and do that. That's fine. But yeah, I know a lot of people that do struggle with that. And I think it's knowing that once you've and once you've done it once, chances are then somebody else can pick it, the similar thing up again. But I always remember uh, you and I doing the Instagram live we did over lockdown it, when it was sort of at its peak at around April time. God, that seems a lifetime oh, ago now. It? And you were saying that because Nico was obviously really tiny and there was some days when he'd been just really just being a newborn, <laughs> you know, as newborns are, they just cry, need a lot of love and attention and care and... There were some days when you didn't do any work and it was like, give your, or, you know, you were just finding your feet and it's okay to just do that. It's okay to just, you know, on this sense of this day, the, the most, you know, because I think you said to me, this was the phrase, you said, I've not, I don't feel like I've been productive. I'm like, you're, you're a new mom, like, and you've also got two little ones at home that you're trying to homeschool. I like homeschool. to be productive every day, but obviously <laughs> I came to the realisation that I can't be productive every day and, and I had to accept that. And actually, once I took ownership of that, 
things became a lot easier. Mm. And even our family nanny, who is also a good friend, did say that. She went, Joe, just you can't. There are some days that you are going to have to accept that you have a small baby and he's going to take up a lot of your time and you're not going to get that done today. And you need to just you need to accept it. Yeah. And also the whole part about showing up as our authentic selves and with your friend saying, well, you know, you not on purpose, but I felt this way because you always seem to have everything together and you're a superwoman and supermom. And, you know, I didn't think that you didn't get stuff done. You get everything done. And I've really tried online to be somebody who, even in the beginning of this month in September, I was going through a little bit of a, a bit of a wobble. I think what I generally heard from most people anyway was I think beginning of September was a bit of a month of kids were going back to school. They felt a collective anxiety again of this new, another new phase of living and working and just went through some personal stuff and just was a bit not myself, not 100% and just put it out there. And I know people always, you know, will say, oh, you've got this project on and you're doing this and what you're doing is really great and... And I, I get that, but I'm not always, you know, smiley, happy Ruth every single day. Like That's not real. And I think the more we can share that in a sense of that feels like it goes back again, circles back to our original point about boundaries and what you're comfortable sharing. But also knowing that I think I did a post on Instagram that just basically said, you may or may not have noticed from my feed that I've been feeling a bit crap the last couple of weeks I've got some personal stuff going off and just needed to take a bit of time for me and you know just to I didn't need to go into the detail about what it was but it was also a sense of don't believe everything you see on social media or you know don't everything that you see on you know on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter whatever it is but just knowing that actually you're not 100% no one is no one's perfect so we've all got our challenges of showing up as as authentic as we can yeah and I just think it was a big change for us and for me in particular I am such a social butterfly yeah. is how my brother describes me so then I'm, I'm working from home which is just the worst thing you can do for me really because I'm in my little bubble and I'm not with everybody and I'm not with my team I'm not in front of my clients I'd normally go into London twice a week I might be in Coventry Birmingham go over to Dublin I could be anywhere it's not as glamorous as it sounds all that traveling but I love being in front of my Mm. clients and that's where I'm happiest so I'm then had to sort of build a little home office with the support of my husband because he said you're going to need a place to write this book and give you some clarity of thought but then I just felt like I was really sort of isolated and that wasn't good for my creativity and I I was my own worst enemy because I think a lot of people have you know really adjusted well you work from home before then Mm. you'd go in the office and you but for me I hadn't really worked from home at all even though I had total flexibility to do that whenever I wanted you know we own a tech company we should be able to work from anywhere but I personally really hadn't so yeah after we gave up our lease I just found it I found it really tough and that's when I wrote an article for Sky News and I was quite honest in that article to say that I'd spent more time with my own children you know than I had ever really because Mm. I've always just got up and just gone to work it was so strange to get up and not leave the house I found that quite alien but it was really good to talk about it and I thought to myself probably for the first time I don't mind if my clients read this article on Sky News I'm quite happy if they do and it was quite an honest article yeah. about how I was feeling and how we were running our business and how we were looking after the well-being of our employees remotely mm. and hoping other businesses might do the same. 
And I got really, really good feedback from it. So, you know, it was okay for me to put my hand up and say, I'm not used to being at home this much. I'm not used to spending this much time with my yeah. own kids. And I'm sure, I'm sure, <laughs> and I'm sure so many people felt that because they weren't used, you know, for those who work and, you know, ha- have whether they've had the opportunity to work from home before and just not sort of taking it because it's easier for them to get into an office space and to, to be at work. Or for those who, um, you know, who've who've had a combination of home working and, and remote work or travelling. I've spoke to a lot of individuals who spent a large portion of their jobs travelling and then all of a sudden that stopped as well. So it's readjusting to this whole new, again, a whole new way of living and what that our identification with our work and our authentic self, actually what that means for us, because that shifted as well. And I've, you know, I've moved, as you know, moved home during lock, right in the middle of lockdown, decided to up sticks from London and move to the coast. And actually for me, I really wanted to have that space for, uh, to have my own workspace, which I felt was really, really important. If I was going to do all the things I wanted to do, I just needed to feel more me and uh, more authentically me and so it would be reflected in my work almost but I didn't I didn't psychologically think that out on paper that wasn't the reason there was lots of other reasons but that's what I really identified that I've got this lovely bright open airy space which I'm very fortunate and very privileged and lucky to have but it's reflected I feel like it's reflected in the work that I do it's given me that passion it's somewhere that I can the work around dealing with emotions and, and people that there's, I've got a space now that I can just shut the door on and, and leave that world behind if I want to I don't have to bring it into the rest of my personal life so it's separate which is always very hard dealing with kind of trauma and difficulty and mental health and well-being when you're sat in your lounge constantly there's no mental escape from it and I know like you say about finding something that works for you I know how how much you always talked about wanting to live by the sea (laughs) and actually how much that fuels your own creativity to to grow your business and to to grow all these brilliant ideas that you've got because you found a space that just works for you and it's completely personal yeah you wanted to live by the sea you wanted to be able to open your windows and see that beautiful sky and and the beauty and and the beautiful water yeah and then even you know and and that was that was a that was such a such an important part of your next step and then for me you know building this little home office again how privileged am I that I've been able to do that and then how guilty do I feel or guilty mother that I'm then complaining that uh I'm struggling Mm. because that's that's the reality of it is that I've got this little home office but I'm so disconnected from everybody yes we can talk to you know my team on zoom it just it just felt so Mm. hard and I just felt so so lonely. And there's some days where I wasn't going for a walk and I wasn't leaving because leaving the laptop or just getting away from my desk, it's not good for, no. for our minds. And, and that's that was something that I needed to challenge in myself. Whereas before, maybe if I was going up to Coventry, for example, I would really enjoy that train time. I might listen to a podcast and it would get my creative, creative mm. juices going. So I've sort of lost that. Mm. I used to use that travel time to think. Yes, because you can't really have many phone calls on the train because it cuts out all the time. So I used to, used to use that quite. So I think I think that's just a small part of it. But I missed how much I know the commuting is not glamorous, but I did find it quite therapeutic and cathartic to read or or to listen, to to listen to other leaders and things yes. like that. I love a podcast, and then I'd scramble down some ideas of stuff that I wanted to do. 
Whereas at home in my in my little bubble, I suppose it gets harder to think to think like that. Yeah, it does. It, it I think it most definitely does. And I, what's been really nice about you know we've got this opportunity here and, and you know the fact you're you're here um, at Soho Radio in for a space in um, in Soho in London, but throughout lockdown um when four opened back up and I went back in in June to start delivering sessions and they they were there over the video camera but it was just really lovely to travel in which I felt comfortable to do so so you know that was my my choice to do so but to come in and to see people and to have those conversations and to bring some of that energy back in because it does make me feel part of my like you that feed of energy that makes us who we are as our authentic selves so if I asked you Joe, what would be your top tips for entrepreneurs or business leaders when it comes to embracing their authenticity do you have any just for us to wrap up with what would I say now I think authenticity sets the ceiling for growing performance within an organization Mm. so if you are a leader the more authentic you are that will determine how far you can take the business and how far you can take your people yeah does that sound like a really simple statement but you know I think years ago I always felt like maybe I needed to be a bit more of a bossy boss or I needed to be a bit of something else and and I definitely wasn't my authentic self not like I am now and I spend so much more time listening to my team going around the table and I'll speak I'll speak last I let everybody else speak before I need to interject or I want them to be heard and I think the more that we try and do that and bring empathy into the business and and bring vulnerability and and you know some to some degree we bring in emotions so people can express how they're feeling about certain things or if they've got customers that are expressing different emotions how we tackle that and you know that will that will that will grow performance and that will that will bring new leadership in a in a in a new world brilliant anything else is that your top tip is that your main one i think that is my main one but you know at the end of the day we we are like we talked about throughout this podcast it is about the art of connection yeah and like i mentioned about how business in business people do business with people that they like mm so why would we do business with people that we feel are false? Yeah. So we, we have to be authentic and I would encourage all of my team to do the same mm. because we'll be a better business because of that. Brilliant. I was just squeezing the last nuggets of, <laughs> of wisdom out of you. Just getting my money's worth here. <laughs> Well, thank you, Joe. We've been we've been having a little naughty moments as well whilst we've been sat here. How have you found your Thompson and Scott naughty, your alcohol free sparkling? This is lovely because I can't drink prosecco anyway because I'm yeah. intolerant. It gives right. me migraines. So actually, this could be a really good alternative it's... for me. And I always see you sipping it on the gram. So now <laughs> it's <laughs> this is filter free. <laughs> it is. It is definitely. It's it is lovely. So, but thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for coming in. Really 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 appreciate your time and your wisdom and your friendship and your beautiful dress style because you just have every time I see you whether it's on the gram or in real life you always look like just a stunning model from I don't know Bowdoin or one of those of the very kind. very fashionable stores I'm just... <laughs> it's true go and check out guilty mother all joe's details are in the show notes and you can contact her and reach out to her and obviously 
do look out for her fantastic book, which is out in late 2021. But thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Cheers to the podcast. Cheers. Thank you. Sadly, we have no more time to chat, bringing us to the close of this week's episode of New Rules. I hope you have enjoyed listening to it as much as I've enjoyed chatting to our wonderful guests. If you did, then please ensure you subscribe, rate and review from wherever you get to your podcast and you won't miss out on the next episode. All the information from today's show, including our guest details, can be found in the podcast notes. A huge thank you to the lovely people at Fora, who without their generosity, the magic of this podcast would not have happened. Finally, you can find me, your host, Ruth.CooperDixon on Instagram and RuthyCoops on Twitter. Please do come by and connect if you're keen to know more about positive psychology and my well-being work at Shamps and Shamps for Change.